0: Nothing too hard for thee. Say that statement with me, please. There is nothing too hard for God. Say it again. There is nothing too hard for God. Jeremiah knew. He had seen it now firsthand. God is a strong God. He's a strong God. And then he recounts some historical highlights that prove just how strong God is. Look at chapter 32, verse 18 thou showest thy loving kindness to thousands. He said, I look back over history and I can't be, I'm just amazed at what you've done. You recompense the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. You, you, always, you always get your man, Lord. The great, no, the mighty God, the Lord of every host is his name. What an awesome doxology. I mean, it was just a glorious moment. Everything happened like God said. He saw God's greatness. God is so amazing. And then later, his humanity, Jeremiah's humanity appears to show up. It appears that he almost seemed to have a little buyer's remorse. He had some doubts. What in the world did I just do? Why did I buy that land in Jerusalem? Oh my goodness. And so then God lovingly, but very clearly. He pulls no punches. He addresses Jeremiah's doubts, and he does it so in a very dramatic fashion. He has this question and answer time with Jeremiah. And I will tell you, if you've ever tried to argue with God, it doesn't go very well. (laughs) And so God gets in, in a way, he gets in Jeremiah's face. Look at verse 26, then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah. So Jeremiah seesawing back and forth like we all do. He's one minute, he's kind of wondering what God's doing. Next minute, he's praising God. Now he's kind of having his doubts. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah saying, Jeremiah, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And then he looks him in the eye and he said, Is there anything too hard for me? Tell me, Jeremiah, let's just talk about this. Is there anything?" too hard for me he's saying is there anything i am lord of lords he says here i am king of kings pauline and i once had the privilege of walking on the grounds of the famous windsor castle residence of the england's royal family we were able to see many parts of windsor castle which included a chapel and other things there But there was one area they would not allow anybody to go to. The only persons that could go into that area were people who were part of the royal family, people who had been part of their blood. Now, we were held back from that area. We could not go there. We were not of the same blood. Well, brothers and sisters, I remind you this morning that because of the second birth, We are blood-related to the king of kings, and we have the ability to have all that God has. And that's what God is saying here. He's saying, Jeremiah, come on now. I am Lord of lords and king of kings. We're related. You're related by the second birth. Trust me, you can have anything. God can do anything. Our problem is often like Jeremiah's. We make a decision in faith, and then undo and foul, doubt something that we made in faith. Now let's look. Four steps in understanding the omnipotence of God. First of all, the definition of um, God's omnipotence. God is unlimited in His power. He has the resources and to do all that He wills to do. God is able. Say that with me. God is able. That is perhaps is the most simple definition of all of the omnipotence of God. And that's exactly what Paul said when he was talking, comforting his brothers and sisters in Corinth. Look at second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight. And God is able. Say that again. God is able. You believe that this morning? I believe it. God is able. To do what? To make all grace. Hallelujah for his grace. For his gifts that we don't deserve. God is able to make grace, not just grace. That would be good enough. But God's abounding grace toward you, toward each of you. Here is the apostle saying, you can see him talking to that church. Church, God is able. I know you're suffering. I know you're having a tough time but I want you to know omnipotent God is your God and he is able, having all sufficiency. There's nothing too hard for God. He's just basically re-saying the same thing that Jeremiah said. Is there anything too hard for God? Why? So that you can abound in every good work. That's why we sing the chorus around here. He will never fail. He is almighty God greater than all we seek, greater than all we ask. He has done great things, lifted up. He defeated the grave, raised to life. Our God is able. In his name, we overcome for the Lord our God is able. And that's exactly the definition of omnipotence. God is able. Number two, the declaration. Not only is he defined as able, but he is declared. Such. He is an able God. You that were here last week, you may remember that at the end of the service, I declared, it was a lot of fun, (laughs) I declared that this building now was open for the gospel for the decades to come if the Lord tarries his coming. And that was a lot of fun. And I quoted Ephesians 3 20 and verse 21. We're just going to look at verse 20 this morning. Look what it says now unto him that is able there you go now unto him that is able say it again god is able say with me god is able he is able and that's really what the omnipotence of god is sometime you're going to be in your prayer time and you're going to be having worries and doubts and just say those words god is able god is able god is able He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, of all that we ask or think, according to a power that's in us. Oh, I I just don't have that in me. (laughs) Yes, you do. You have it in you. Someone put together, and I edited a bit, an insightful scope of the outline of God's power from this verse. Seven stages of strong God's power. Number one, he is able, for he is the true and living God. Because the verse says, now unto him. God is a him. He's not some uh, nebulous statement. He is a real living God. Number two, he is able, for he is neither inactive nor dead. That he is able to do, the Bible says. He does things. Our God is a God who does things. Now, if you have a little idol on the shelf, he doesn't do anything. He just sits there. Now, you might want to give him a mango or something, but he doesn't do anything. Number three, he is able, for he hears and answers prayer. It says he is able to do above all that we ask. Hey, we've got a God that hears us. Number four, he is able, for he reads our thoughts. Amen. (laughs) Oh, me. I know some of you are thinking. He is able, for he reads our thoughts and sometimes does things which we would not dare to even ask. Aren't you glad for the wonderful doctrine of the Holy Spirit who makes intercession for us, which groanings that we cannot even be uttered, we wouldn't even ever utter them. But the Holy Spirit says, uh, God the Holy Spirit says, God the Father, hey, Tim needs this. He didn't ask for it, but he needs it. Have you ever said, boy, I didn't even ask for it, and I got it. You didn't ask for it, but the Holy Spirit asked for you. That's why it says he does above all that we ask or even think. Number five, he is able for he knows it all and can perform it all. It says above all. God knows it all. He's a know-it-all. Number six, because he is able, excuse me, he is able because his expectations are higher than ours. That's what a great thing that I set the standard and the bar so low, but God sets it so much higher. Exceedingly abundantly above whatever bar I've set. And then number seven he is able because his power is unlimited according to the power that works in us. And so here we see these seven stages of strong God's power. Summarized, there's no limits to God simply because there's no limits to what he can do. You may have seen last week the video. Did you see that, the little video from the body camera of a sheriff's deputy in Virginia? Single-handedly, this sheriff's deputy lifted an overturned car off a woman's head as her child was screaming for help. I'm not talking about a, somebody saying it happened or what. This, you could actually see it. You can go home and call it up. Don't do it right now. And uh, see the video. Here he is. He picks up a car by himself. Amazing. Wonderful. And by the way, footnote here. Thank God for our police department. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Praise God for them. I don't think we ought to defund the police. I believe we ought to give them more money. But the point is, super human supernatural strength and as wonderful as that is what an amazing story let me tell you about something far greater you and i have been crushed by the weight of our sin when strong god jesus captain of the lord's army lifted my burden and he lifted yours too that's my god that's my god he is able this morning he lifted that sin and so number three this morning the deception the definition the declaration and the deception as always in any of god's attributes there's always somebody out there who gets it off sometimes unfortunately it's planned there are two objections against the doctrine of omnipotence that are often sh- shared and both are mistaken first is a frivolous objection you may have even heard this statement But if you haven't, I'll give it to you. It's a well-known theological supposed conundrum that who can answer? Can God make a rock so big he can't lift it? Well, in all actuality, that's nonsense. That'd be like asking if God can make a square into a circle. If a circle becomes a square, it is no longer a circle, it's a square. There's no such thing as a square circle. And folks, that reminds me really of this appropriation fad that's going on today. There's racial appropriation. There's gender appropriation. I was born this, but I identify as this. Well, friends, I tell you, you can identify whatever you want. It doesn't change the facts. And you mark my word down, people are gonna begin identifying as all kinds of crazy animals. They're already identifying as a kooky bird, I'll tell you for sure. But look what it says in Romans 1.23. The day is coming when they will change the glory of an incorruptible God into an image of corruptible man. In the words of the great British author, atheist turned Christian, powerful apologist, listen to this statement. We may attribute miracles to God, but not nonsense. That's a nonsense question. It's not even a legitimate question. The second objection, some would maybe consider it to be legitimate. I do not. I think it's just simply a mistake. My experience is that these are usually, this one is usually given by a bitter person. Something hasn't turned out like they like and maybe even some very sad things. And so they have these bitterness, maybe even towards God. Some years ago, Rabbi Harold Kushner, you may remember the name, he had a bestseller, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. His own son had died at an early age from a rare disease. He went back and forth through all kinds of philosophical meanderings, and he finally came to a conclusion, one that at least satisfied him, but I add, totally false. Here was his conclusion of the book. It's while the book is well written and while there's lots of interesting things, his conclusion is this, God can't do everything because there are forces beyond God's ability. Now, my friend, that is a, that is a lie that is unbiblical. God is omnipotent. God can do anything and he's misinformed. He is concluding based on presuppositions. What is his presupposition? Presupposition that to die at nine is bad. To die at 90 is okay. Well, wait a second. Why is dying at 90 okay, but dying at nine uh, not okay? Why, why is that bad? That's just a human uh, illogical logic. It really isn't anything that's truth. It's just people think th- certain things. You may have heard, if you've been to college, I'm sure you've heard this, in some philosophy class, or some uh, psychology class, or history class, or pretty much they'll try to talk about it anytime. You could go to, to Basket Weaving, I think they'll try to get it in there, but it's called the Christian Trilemma. You've heard of a dilemma? Well, this is known as the Christian Trilemma. It was supposedly first put out by the Greek philosopher Epicurus. He rejected the idea of an omnipotent God. Here's the three questions, listen closely. And if you've heard these, you may have been shaken. There's no reason to be. Number one, if God is unable to prevent evil, then he's not all powerful. Number two, if he's not willing to prevent evil, then he's not all good. If, number three, God is both willing and able to prevent evil, then why does evil exist? Now, what is your you supposed to answer? Some people get all shook up. Some Christian will go to Bible, or not Bible college, they'll go to these colleges and they'll say this and some liberal teacher will shake this Christian young people to his core and they'll say, oh no, this is so logical. Folks, that's just human logic. It's not true logic. It's not God logic. It's not Bible logic. God simply says the answer to that. Maybe uh, I'll just give you a verse. It's a good answer. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9. Just so you know. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think like you think. I think right. You don't think right. Your brain is off. Neither are your ways my ways. You don't know what you're talking about. Says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Folks, never be shaken by human logical illogic. It, is just, it has nothing to do with the way things really are. Now, we're not talking about a true math equation. Two plus two equals four. That's a, that's a legitimate truth. But human logic of philosophy, we just, we are it's so built on presuppositions. Folks, God is almighty and he really doesn't have to answer to anybody. That's what that verse says. The definition, the declaration, the deception, and finally, the determination. Now let's conclude this morning's message with three wonderful and important truths about the omnipotence of God. Number one, No matter who resists to the contrary, God's purposes always stand. Have you ever seen the verses in song that are God's comedy club? Have you ever seen them? Maybe you've gone to a stand-up comedy club or maybe you've watched some stand-up routine on TV and you've laughed. Well, this is God's comedy club right here. Let's go to Psalm chapter 2 and verse 1. Why do the heathen rage? Why? Why do heathen people, atheists, why do liberals, why do they, why are they so crazy? Why are they so full of so much noise and the people imagine a vain thing? Why do they plot so much against God's people? Verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. <laughs> That's us, folks. And Jesus god deniers messiah defiers what are they thinking verse three well here's what they're saying let us bake, break their bands asunder and cast their cords from us we're being so restricted by all these christians we're being so hemmed in by all this christian dogma god says oh really verse four now here we go he that sitteth in the heavens has a big laugh about that one. He that sitteth in the heavens laughs. Well, that's not very nice of God to laugh at those poor little atheists, but that's exactly what he does. This is a holy laughter. It's not a mean thing at all. He's like, foolish, foolish people. The Lord shall have them in derision. Folks, they are so confused. It's like, have you ever watched those uh, stupid things people do, videos on YouTube or something? I mean, honestly, I just like to laugh at criminals and others. And the Bible doctrine of omnipotence shows that there is none that can stop God. He laughs at people. Sometimes people all get all worried, you know. Oh, they're, they're doing this and they're doing this and, and, the, and the liberals are doing this, folks. Look, I don't like it. I can't stand it. But trust me. They will never thwart God's plan, ever, ever. Now, they can hinder it, yes. Paul said that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 18. He said, Satan hinders me, but he doesn't stop me. And it's painful, and it's not good, and it's a, it's a bugger for sure. But like the old hymn that says, God's truth just keeps marching on. God's truth just keeps marching on. Folks, when governments come and governments go, you're still going to find Bible-believing, Christ-honoring churches that are serving God. Because we keep marching. Not evil people, not natural catastrophe, not fate nor luck nor chance, not human error, nothing. Not even the powerful archangel Lucifer. That fallen angel can ultimately stop God's plan. I like what the words of the great reformer, Martin Luther said in the end, listen to this. Even the devil is God's devil because he serves God's purposes. Isn't that amazing? Number one, no matter who resists to the contrary, God's purposes always stand. And number two, no matter how long it takes, God always finishes what he starts. Aren't you glad to know that, that we live in a world that God always finishes what he starts. Now we live in a world where everything, many good intention things run out. Money runs out, time runs out, energy runs out, amen. Well, I mean, we even ran out of toilet paper last year. But I will tell you, God's energy never runs out. Rembrandt, he he was a great painter, Michelangelo, Hemingway, Wright, Edison, Da Vinci, all powerful people in their own worlds and their own things. But each one of them left behind unfinished paintings, manuscripts, plans for building that were never built. Only Jesus could cry out at the end of his life. John 19, and verse 30, it is <clears throat> finished. The Greek word to telestai, it's like when a person makes a beautiful ma- uh, picture and they're done and they stand back and they say, Masterpiece it is finished only Jesus can say finished because when he finishes something it's finished you and i build a house it's built it's beautiful and then you have to start cleaning it and it starts deteriorating immediately when god finishes something it's finished because he is a powerful god a heartbroken little girl a christian girl was pouring out her heart to god at the altar at church she just didn't know what to say as she's knelt there, wept, speechless. She began to remember what her pastor said. God can do anything. God is able. He can answer even when you don't know what to ask for. And so she just knelt at that altar and began to pray the alphabet. A B C An older saint, a sister, came and knelt beside the little girl and put her arm on her and listened to her pray and said, honey, what are you doing? She said, I'm praying to God. She said, well, honey, it sounds like you're just repeating the alphabet to me. She said, I know, I don't really know how to pray, but I know God is so powerful that he can take everything from A to Z and answer my prayers. God is powerful. Folks, God has ways to answer our prayers from A to Z no matter who resists to the contrary, God's purpose is always stand. Number two, no matter how long it takes, God always finishes what he starts. It is finished. And you can guarantee it when God says it's finished, it's finished. And number three, no matter how great the need, God's resources are never depleted ever folks. You're not going to have to stand in line for gas in heaven. God's resources are never depleted. As they say, God's got you covered, bro. He's got you covered. Not only you, but I want you to know for your children and your children's children. I know sometimes I get worried about our children and children's children. I wonder what the future holds. But here's a verse, and I think you'll rejoice with me. In my favorite chapter, I think, in the whole Bible, Psalm 119. Thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness, God's faithfulness is unto all generations. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that there's a God who will be there for my children and my grandchildren. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. And so this morning, the very same faithful God, which raised up Christ, is waiting to raise up every drinker from his drunkenness, to raise up every thief from their dishonesty. To every marriage issue today, he is able. To every relationship concerned today, he is able. Do you have a need? He is strong God. Do you have a broken heart? He is strong God. As our worship team comes here this morning, he is our strong God and he is your God here this morning our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed I'm asking you this morning to believe and to appropriate in your life God is strong God God is able our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed